media. You've been to a wedding. You know, for me, that story is an incredible story. So then you're back in Korea. Uh, where did you live in Korea? So I, <laughs> this just adds to the story. So the first year I lived in, a, I worked for Epic, which is for the government. And I was placed um, in a small, small town called Hwachon, which is <laughs> about nine kilometers from the border to North Korea. So <laughs> I think I heard you and Babsy talking about this, you know, about how, you know, yeah, you teach for the government. It's safer in some ways, but really they could throw you anywhere, which is true. Yeah. And, and in my interview process, I really, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I've lived in Nepal. I've lived in all these like places. I'm going to really like, I'm going to sell it to them. I'm like, you could throw me anywhere. You know, you could, <laughs> you could throw me wherever you want. I originally was going to, I asked for Daegu, which is hilarious because oh, me Daegu, too. yes. And I'm so <laughs> glad. I think it was a sign for multiple reasons, but one big one being that I got placed in Hwachan, you know, of course they put me out of all people next to fucking North Korea, but also Daegu is what the city that got obliterated by COVID the first, yeah. like the first turnaround. So I'm like, I'm so glad, like I was not there. I was in a small rural place. I had like 30 plus days off of just like you did, like being paid, not having to work because no one knew what yeah. to do. And so, so I get, yeah. So I'm, and that's like a three or four hour bus ride from Incheon um, to where I lived. And so I fly back from India finally. And I, this is reckless. Nobody do this now. Right. But like I get back to watch on small town, everyone's eyes on you. And I'm a miserable, depressed fuck man i'm just sitting there and i am like my apartment's freezing because i've been gone like a month right mm -hmm. and it's just so sad and my friends in india were like well why don't you just come back and i was like no there's no way because now covid's like a thing they're like you need to quarantine but of course this is the first time i've ever heard about quarantining so i was like what does that mean and then they all i knew was oh you have to be in your flat for like 25 days and i oh, was yeah. like 25 days and so i just like looked at myself like in the cold mirror like freezing in my little flat and i said fuck this and i literally yeah. bought a flight back to india and I, I literally was and i snuck out i bought it for the next day i literally snuck out and again like the, you no one understands the size of where I live. There was one little bus terminal and I'm a foreigner, right? So everyone, like people I've worked with, like I didn't tell a soul. I dipped out. I somehow got out. I like wore a cap. I tucked and rolled into the like bus <laughs> and the bus was going to like straight to the airport. So, or it didn't, I had to go to Seoul and then transfer. And so I made the flight. I only told one person, it was my mother. And I only told her because I was like, Maybe this isn't a good idea. You know, I might not be able to come back into yeah, the country. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. And my mom was like, what the heck? And so I fly there. I end up, I go to Delhi and then I do Rishikesh and I meet one wow. of them like up in, you know, the mountains. And we just had like overall a pretty chill time and it was like great. And then it was like, okay, I really should probably like not miss any more flights and I should get back. And so 
I get back, I fly back and I think India very shortly after maybe closed their borders or, you know, it was like quite quickly after that. I was like, good thing I left when I did. And I get back to Huachang and I'm like, Emma, you talk a lot, but you cannot say shit to anybody about this. No, yeah, because, and I'm like, not even the other like foreign teachers. Cause like, I trust them, but I'm like, I just, you know, I also then, you know, as the months went on, it became more clear, like how awful, like what I did, like, you know, possibly spreading COVID between countries and, you know, just like in general, quarantining was a significant thing. And I just kind of like took the piss and I literally like didn't, I didn't tell a soul for six months and I get back and on my final, it was my like last day of quarantining, which was the first day I came back from this trip. My friends, my, the foreign teachers were like, let's go all for, all out for a drink at this local bar. And so I went and one of the guys working there was friends with a admin guy at my school. And he saw me and he knew I was supposed to be quarantining just from my first trip. And he was like, she shouldn't be here. Like she should go home. And so I, I went home and they all were like, well, what the heck? Like it was the next day that I would have been like freed from quarantine. Mm -hmm. They're like, why are you being harsh? And meanwhile, I'm like, no, no. I'll go home, honey, because if you had any idea, like, where I've been and what I've been doing in the past 24 hours, you would, like, excommunicate me. So, yeah. So, anyway, I didn't tell you. Truth is, though, you person. had the heart. Like, they were treating you, like, on that, at that time, at, at that time, there was no law in Korea right. about quarantining. Basically, no countries had quarantine rules at that point. Right. Um, you know, I didn't. When I got back from my holidays... I went, I flew, I flew through Taiwan. You know, yeah. I went from Australia at the end of February that time. I went from Australia to Taiwan to Korea. I didn't, when I got back, it didn't even cross my mind to quarantine. Yeah. It didn't even cross my I, mind. So like. Yeah, I don't, cause when, when I left and came back the second time, it was well into March at that point. Like I'd been gone mm -hmm. for like fifth, I think I calculated. I think I left Korea. For like 54 days, like I'd been out of the country for an obscene, because I had done Thailand before. <laughs> so I literally all like beyond what I should have been, right? Because wow. I extended even my time in when I, even I, like I missed multiple flights out of India at multiple times. And I just kept, that's when I said to my co-teachers after I took extra time, I was like, oh, I might be sick. Just like, oh, I have the flu, right? But I didn't realize COVID was so messed up. And they were like all texting me like, we can't get a hold of you because I was in India. So my calls weren't going through. And they were like, wow. you'll be okay. All I saw was a message, you'll be okay. And then I felt like shit. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? And then that's when I was like, oh shit, like something's, something's going on. But then I still just was like, I can't sit in a room for 25 days. Like, you it's know. A great, it's a crazy thing to think about. Like, you know, um, not so much. It's just weird to think that now the world's pretty much back to normal. Like there was a time where people were told they had to stay at home and yeah. we were like, it's crazy. Like it's just a I crazy think... thing to even think about now. Like, and it's so close after. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not listening to political thing, but I do reflect a little bit at times about how I also perceived certain things. Like should have I been as angry with some people for having different opinions to me. Like, I don't know, because it's like, realistically, yeah, being told you have to stay at home, I can see why someone would say that's not right. 
even though I thought right. it was the right thing to do. It's like, it's a fair enough opinion to say you should, you can't tell people to stay at home. Like, right. Like, I understand that perspective a bit more now because it's like, well, I think living in Asia right. too is just like a completely different, mm. which I think this like leads into so many other things where, yeah, I think I understand why people are like, frustrated because they want to go out and they don't want to be told to stand but where it really comes from and that's why like I love like Korea is it really comes from the perspective of not necessarily controlling people it's more about I mean because even like Koreans wore masks you know well before COVID and it was mm. all about protecting and caring about your community and like if you're Modernous. sick not getting other people sick and I literally teaching kids like I, I get sick quite often. I've been sick twice in like the last four weeks. And it's like in Korea, I kid you not, since probably, honestly, since I'd gotten there, I don't think I was sick one time, maybe a slight cold, but one time, like mm. never. And that's because yeah. of, I mean, the masks and just the precautions, which is insane, especially because we're working with little kids all the time who are nasty, yeah. you know? So right. it's just like, and now I've been sick so many, I've had COVID twice, you know, I've had strep, like tonsillitis three times in the last like year. Like it's insane. And I'm not even working with kids anymore. So it's just mm. like, I, like I do, like I, I get why people, you know, don't want to stay put like I did it, you know, at the time I was like, I, you know, but I do also see like, like why it's important, but also like even COVID, like it seems like it's over, but even like, I know like so many people are still dying from it. So it's like, how do we like, it's just interesting. Cause like the world I know wants to keep moving on and like going up, but like there's no reports now even really on like all the deaths that are occurring, at least like in the States, you know, there's still loads of people mm-hmm. getting sick and dying from it, but it's not on the news at all, at all, which is like shocking. <laughs> well, there's a, well, well, the thing is though, is a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of excess deaths in general, actually, that aren't linked to COVID. Yeah. That's also, that there was a statistic about excess deaths are actually higher than at some points during the pandemic and they were not mm-hmm. COVID deaths. And there's not much, I don't know much about it, but I did read about that yeah. and thought, hmm, anyway, but it's yeah. one of those things, isn't it? Like, my thing is, with re- and I, I, I don't want to see anybody die, obviously, and I think it was absolutely justified, in my opinion, to have restrictions and for people to do what they can to save lives, but we're vaccinated. I mean, people, people die of the flu. They just do. Yeah. I don't want to sound, yeah. I know some people think that might not be very nice. It's just true. Like, you know, I can't, I can't, I wish I could get rid of COVID. I wish I could get rid of the flu. I'm not saying this, but COVID is on the same trajectory as the flu, is my point. Yeah. You know, like, it, yeah. it's, it's always going to exist. There is no right. day where COVID doesn't, at least in for the seal. So when I say that, I'm not, you know, the point is, is that, in my opinion, I don't really know what we're meant to do. Like, stay at home yeah. forever. right right well yeah it's just like like, what what is yeah it is which is interesting like mm. but it went from so much discussion to like no discussion really on it you know but Uh, i think it's just it's like where in general though like what like what's responsible what's not responsible anymore Mm. you know like i mean to be fair like one thing for sure that was just utter bs was like in korea with the foreigners, like they very much made it clear that we were not to like be hanging out a lot together and, you know, like what we could have like three or four people. 
together. Meanwhile, like other Koreans could have like, you know, bigger, you know, for their holidays, they could have like, you know, 10 plus people. Oh, it's just, that's I like remember, hard for yeah. Turning, but yeah. Well, we, but, every country did that, I think, to an extent. Yeah. Like, I remember, um, I don't remember, I don't want to say the name of the holiday <laughs> and get it wrong. It's a different, that's it's yourself? a different culture's uh, oh. holiday. I'm not going to bother even trying to get it right. Okay. Basically, okay. there was something in, some British politicians were like blaming, I think it was Muslims for, um, spreading COVID at one time. And my point is, it's mm. like, oh yeah, that's you know, everywhere. Yeah. Right. Xenophobia, but, baby. <laughs> Gotta scapegoat the foreigners at all times. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, they're wrong. Yeah. I, I do think the stuff in Yongi, for example, with forcing foreigners to COVID test, that was particularly yeah. egregious. I've got to say, like, in terms of like, it's an outright, like, legal, that is a, yeah. I mean, if the UK ever did that, I'd be fuming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have not stood for that. Like, I would have, right. but I'm not saying it's all, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm sure, like, again, foreigners are safer in Korea physically than they are in the UK. So for I'm not sure. saying, I'm not trying to idolize the UK, but, you know, yeah. But anyway, let's move on to yeah. more positive topics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you, you ended up moving to Seoul, right? Yeah. And this is, and actually, Seoul, I'd say, not exactly when you moved to Seoul, but probably like from about May 2020. That's when me and you started to become quite good friends, I think. It's fair to yeah. say. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe I think May's a good guess. Definitely yeah, by the yeah, summer. Yeah. Um, and you were moving to Seoul about that time. Yeah. What made you decide to move to Seoul? Was it just get out of the countryside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, um, yeah, no. So I, Actually, it's funny because when I first moved to Korea, I think a lot of people you'll find will be like, I only want to be in Seoul. And that's their only goal. And I actually didn't at all care about that. But, um, and actually, weirdly enough, when I, the first few times I was in Seoul, I was like, it's cool. I don't know necessarily why it's so hyped up. <laughs> I remember mm. distinctly thinking that, which is, the audacity of myself like sometimes I'm just like what are you saying but then I ended up like more and more meeting it was a halfway point because I lived so far away from so many people that often soul was like where to me and so um I ended up just really you know loving it and again once I kind of found like more neighborhoods yeah so soul right we're back on soul um yeah soul's honestly like Seoul's one of those places, I mean, everywhere's like this, but it definitely, I have the same impression when I first went there, I was like, uh, okay, but what you need to do is you need to meet people, you need to make friends, people who know they're a little bit better, and then all of a sudden, and it was, for me, it's like all of a sudden you just get taken to all these cool bars, all these cool restaurants, and you realise there is an infinite amount, because you're never going to go to all of them. Because by the time you, if you ever somehow, which it's impossible, if you went to all the cool places in Seoul, there will be a new infinite amount. Like it just never ends. So. It's not, yeah, it's just one neighborhood pops up with loads of places and then that shuts down. You know, not the neighborhood, but the pop up of like, and then how frequently things come and go is just like insane. Mm. Um, record speed honestly I don't know I honestly I think we even talked about this like how I don't know how people who own businesses there like 
how they do it. And I always yeah. like cheap to open a, like a restaurant or whatever, but the answer is no, it's not. <laughs> and it's like, cause I really was like, is it, you know, discounted? Like what is going on? And no, mm. it's like, put in all their money into it. And then it either does well or it doesn't. And then it's, or it's like a fad, right? Like, loves that so they eat that up so it's like is this cool is this popular is this in and if so great you have that existing and then when time comes it goes away you know but yeah no yeah korea i mean well korea but seoul is like honestly it's still to this day one of the coolest like cities i've ever lived in like it's just mm. there's so much there and they're like like you're saying like every little crevice you go into there's some <laughs> Something is there, you know, like you could get lost and you'd run into like five unique cafes or restaurants or bars mm. that you could just not even like expect to be there. And so, yeah, like the food seems great. Like obviously green food's incredible, but yeah, I think like your question was like, why did I move to Seoul? And so I don't think Seoul is initially, like I said, like where I necessarily wanted to be, but I ended up going to like it quite a bit. And I was really conflicted because um, I know you and Babsy touched on this. Like Epic is obviously like such a safe bet. Safe yeah. bet probably when moving to Korea to work for the government. It's, you know, we even during COVID, like we didn't have to work, but we were still being paid, you know, while they were sorting out like and restructuring stuff. And um, like my school in Hwachon was amazing. Everyone was so lovely. But it was rural. And so yeah. I think a year, you know, is great. I literally lived like in a farm area, like, like mountains, which is dope, and then farmland. And so, um, it got to a point where most weekends, like I was going somewhere and doing something because the town was so small and, you know, I just, I have that itch to, to go and explore. Yeah. So, so I, I had a lot of consideration because Hogwans, you know, which are the private schools, are those can be really iffy, and um, yeah. that is like a, probably a whole other podcast on that situation. But um, yeah, but I I chose I was very specific about kind of what Hogwan I went with because I knew there's so many problems that I could run into, and I ended up picking. The worst talk one possible, um, which was really unfortunate. And, um, and I'm really glad though, like, I can imagine going into like the situation I did in Seoul my first year in Korea, like even having lived abroad, just not having as many friends, you know, having a smaller community, um, and not as many Korean friends as well. And so that really, that would have been an even bigger train wreck. But yeah, so like, moved to school, had a really nice brand new flat, um, had a job that I thought was going to be great at this hug one, and um, it ended up being horrific, <laughs> a literal yeah. horror story. Um, and, yeah, and so, I mean, for the first few months, it was, like, great. You know, I was, like, everything was kind of new, and I was exploring school, and, you know, every night I was doing something fun, but but then my job ended up like consuming me <laughs> every way. Well, the problem is with that was normally you can do a visa run, get out of that situation and do a factory reset and be like, right, I'm done with that job. 
in the same way that you do back home to an extent. Right. Maybe not quite right. as easy, but you know, unfortunately, yeah. COVID. Yeah. In the job market, you had the power because right. there's a, a limited supply and high demand. But right. once you got the job and they locked you in, yeah, you were there, and right. that's a big problem, isn't it? Like, right. Right. For, um, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, I obviously like the thing is like there's a lot of legal issues, so I'm like, mm. I, I don't want to bring up like. Yeah. yeah, no, basically you had a bad, we don't need to go into that because honestly, it's not a nice thing to talk about, but right. long story short, I, I, if you don't mind, I can summarize it. You had a bad time and it's, it's almost like just the risk of life that you, you, you were very unfortunate. It, it definitely was something that I know drained you a lot over that year, yeah. but respect to you, you fought the corner. You didn't let her bully her. This person yeah. bully you. You, you took yeah. it. You, and to be honest, mate, I have, I have a lot of respect for the way you dealt with it. Yeah, um, you, you know, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you're, you're very streetwise. I've got to say, Emma, because, you know, you did, you, 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 you covered your tracks and you made sure that everything that you needed for any potential problems were there. You had, right. you had the, the stuff you needed and you yeah. were able to, uh, provide that to the relevant authorities. Yes. Which, no, but it's true. But also, like, I mean, you, you know, you were in that group chat. Like, I was, yeah, dealing with, you know, so much shit. But you guys were, like, so good at just, like, because you're made to feel crazy. Like, long story short, I worked for a yes. narcissist. You're, like, mm, yeah. through and through, like, never encountered a narcissist in my life. And then was, you know, forced to work for them. And, you know, it was terrible. And, and but honestly, like, you guys, I mean, even just when I would shoot a message that was like, this is what's going on. I feel crazy. You know, you guys were all like, what in the actual hell is happening? You know, like, right. you know? And mm. so, yeah, so luckily, like, but I, I'm like, I'm cracking up because you're, I mean, I think this is part of the thing is when you move into a country and then you start, to, you, you're aware of certain things, you know, these are, this is the time when it's important to pay attention to like certain things. Like, what happens if um, something like this happens, you know, and you start to talk with people and you find, you know, groups of people that have dealt with similar things. And then it sucks because your time's wasted, you know, like looking into that stuff, but then you're allowed to actually like, like it's human rights. It's literally labor rights and laws that, you know, you don't, you fantasize about going to a country and teaching and you can have a really great time and not have to ever deal with that, which is yeah. great. Outcome, but the reality is, anyone moving to a different country and you know working for someone or an organization, you know, there are times where you do need to kind of like at least have a bare understanding of what can, can happen to you and you know what is in your who's in your corner, yeah, like how you can your resources, how you can go about things. And yeah, I think I think I can put I, I just want to add to that actually, if you don't mind. Um, I think about. I think you want to spend most of the time when you move, and when you're moving abroad, it's a very emotional time, I think. There's a lot of emotions, positive emotions, negative emotions, you know, fear, excitement, all these things. And you want to focus on the positive emotions, absolutely. But I think it is good to take 10% of your time and just have a, in preparation time, and just ask yourself very simply, what will I do if things aren't the way that I'm hoping they're going to be? Just, 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 just have that there. And yeah. like, you know, it could just be simple. Like, okay, I've got, 
this money here, or the first three months, I'm going to save $500 a month. So whenever I need to get out, I've got that money. You know, something like that, very simple. And have that in your head because that'll make your life a lot easier. Obviously, again, for you, you were, you know, we've talked about that, but crazy, but yeah, you were, you were in a tough spot there. And that was, you know, when I think back to COVID as well, add COVID to the fact, where else are you going to get a job? Right. All these things, it becomes very difficult. But right. yeah, I mean, I've got to say, actually, I'm very similar to you in the sense of, like, there were some different things, and not, it's not a competition, but there were different things that were, uh, you know, also difficult for me at the time. I was living in Korea. Obviously, COVID, yeah. we all did that. But I think right. COVID definitely adds a whole other layer to things anyway, doesn't it? I mean, right. you, you know, you have to think, you're going through a tough time, and then COVID's going on. Can't right. see your friends. You right. can't go places. You're lonely. You're isolated. All these things that everyone else has to deal with, but still, they're there. Um, you know, and I often think about, like, I don't know if I will, because there's a lot of things I want to do, but I have thought about maybe doing a year in Seoul, but mm -hmm. I don't know yet because I'm like, go experience career with nothing. Bad. All least not the things that have been bad in the past and then hopefully I can have a more right. real time. Cause I literally had like two months in Korea without COVID. Yeah. Like I had yeah. nothing. I know. Yeah. I know most people didn't get most time. Like I had nothing. Like, I right. literally don't even know what it's like. I can't remember right. what it's like before. I actually don't really remember. Because it's like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was bustling, yeah. Yeah, and it felt bustling. I remember that. But it's like yeah. mad. It's like, I just associate a crew with a very quiet... Uh, I imagine, I, I, in my head, it's so strict. And people yeah. are so like... I, I'm, I'm not saying that I know they're not. So when I say this, I'm not saying... But like, I just, for me, Korea is a synonym with COVID. Because yeah. when I left Korea, I went home to the UK and there were no rules. Nothing. Yeah. I left, so I was like, I don't like that because I know that's not true. And obviously Korea is other things to me as well. Right. But it would be nice to do that and to have a, a real, because to spend so much of your life somewhere so far and to, to basically not have really experienced it, it just doesn't sit right with me. So yeah. but if I did go back, I'd learn the language. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not playing games. I would, I would become, I would I mean, want to become conversational for sure. Right, right. No, I mean, I think, and you could, honestly. You know, no, I know I can. It's just about just taking that. Yeah. I've just got, uh, I've just got to tap into my uh, autism yeah. and, uh, put honing all those energies in one place and I'll be good right. to go. <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it so, yeah. Like, obviously, neither of our, I don't think your dad didn't end up going either. Like, no. Right, in like two and a half years, like I was there and no one from my family was able to. Mm. So it's crazy because like every time from someone like I build in Ecologist, you like you build your own community and you have your teams and you're super like, I would love to share that with them, but it just sucks because a lot of times, you know, only a handful of times when I've lived somewhere have I been able to like share that with them. And so going back, I think is like a great idea, you know, and I think you'll mm. have way more freedom also, like even if you ended up in like a shitty hog worm. Well, I, I, yeah, I've been thinking about, uh, shout out to Carl and Tegan about and Carl suggested yes. that I take their job in February. And at first I was like, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. do that. But now I'm like, hmm, Yonggi, I know where they live. I know where the school is. Yeah. I know that's not far from Gangnam. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that's, I know that, and they've told me that's a good school to work for. 
They yeah. get 15 days vacation, which I don't think is too bad, really. Yeah, Not as good as 26, but it's more than pretty decent. Yeah, I'm like, maybe. I'll think about it, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll see. But um, yeah. cool. no, honestly, like, yeah, Seoul's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, I don't blame you for moving there. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, there was one night in particular, actually, before we move on, I've got to say, we went on a night out. And yeah. it was like, it was like, November, December 2021. Okay. And uh, I don't really remember being 25. Like, for context of this, I know that sounds like I actually don't. I feel like I'm 25 sometimes because I never was. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel because it's like 25 was just that year of nothingness. Like, right. nothing happened. Right. I went to work, I went home, and that's it. Like, you know, yeah. it was shit. It was a yeah. shit year. Um, like, and you know, I. Yeah, I remember that as being like this big, massive, like we just went this night out and we were out to like three in the morning in all these bars. And I just remember it just felt like amazing because it felt like I just, do you remember it? Well, was Marissa there? I no, it was just me and you, just me and you. We just went to these really cool restaurants and then we went to these bars. Uh, it was in Seoul. It was yeah. like, <laughs> Funny, you know, that makes me think like you must have had some good yeah. times in Seoul because one of my favorite nights out was like just just in this fog and <laughs> for you you don't even remember it <laughs> no it's chill but uh, that's funny I was coming I think for the first time like it was like maybe not the first time no I'm not on about that I'm on about towards the end no it mustn't it might have been October then because you left in December 2021 didn't you so oh it was like it must have been, it was, it, Korea had started to open up, uh, and then they changed their mind, and then they changed their mind, and then they started to put restrictions in again. But in that period where they were like, okay, you can start to have more freedoms again, that they removed the curfew on bars and stuff. You know where we went out in Seoul? Because this might help me. Uh, we went, we didn't go to Itaewon, we went near Itaewon. But then afterwards, um, we went to a convenience H- store. Yeah, and we went. We went to a shisha bar. Yes, yes. And we, and we, yeah, yeah. You remember, remember it now? Yeah, that was like to me. That was like a great night. Like I just loved it. It was um, a beautiful day. I recall. It yeah, like, and we met my friend. We met my friend. Remember, we met uh, Flynn. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a really good night. That. Um, but to me, that like was like this taster, and I got the same similar taster when I went to Seoul just like day the day before I left. Me and Carl and Tegan, we went out. And again, we went to Flynn, actually. But, um, and then we were, uh, went to a, bars and clubs and I just loved it. And I yeah. thought, and it was in Italy one this time. I thought, yeah. oh my God, I'd have loved it. I, so I, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, I could feel what I'd missed out on. Right. You know, I was like, this is no, the I whole. Soul's honestly like, it's just, it's so layered. Like it takes a minute to break into it. I'm like, mm. you know, London can kind of like, for certain things, you have to know people to get into those scenes. But, like, full, yes, but it just, it takes a while. Like, Korean judgment. Full's mm. just, I mean, it's wicked. It's so fun, you know? And mm. I think what makes it probably better than anything is it's cheap to go out in. Like, you have, you are in a massive city, a massive international city, and yet you can actually easily access most things you go out on a night with. Like, which, in Asia is a bit more easier at times, but like, I'm like, it's just, it's great because 
a cheap and cheerful night when you're, you're in you a know, first world capital, mate. People always said to me, I'm going to go on a little mini tangent for a second. People no. said to me, oh, Seoul's expensive. Rent's expensive in Seoul. Listen, big boy, listen to what I'm saying, all right? Listen carefully. Right. Imagine you can rent a flat in London for £400 a month. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Get yeah. an entire flat to yourself. It's not big, but you are living on your own. With bundles, which, for those who don't know, like, because the UK is shit-heating, the US, in my opinion, has shit-heating. Like, it does, it does. it's just, you know, Koreans know what's up. Like, you have bundles. You have the heated floors. So at all times, your skin's not being dried out, you know. You're going to bed. You're warm. Your clothes are, like, on mm-hmm. the back. You're drying by morning. You know, you, you, you know. They know what's up. So you got your onzel, you know, you have your flat, and you have a GS with some gimbop around the corner. Yeah. It's a very, it's a great country, but yeah, I mean, you know, and then, yeah, and then you step outside, and like you said, I mean, we would go on these unbelievable food. Um, Cocktails would be like, I'm just going to put them in pounds for people, £6.50, £7, you know, and this is a first world country. Don't forget that, guy. You know, we're not talking about some people... Some people think, most people I think at this point know Korea is uh, a well-off country, but some people still don't fully appreciate this is not, this is not a third world country. This is a first world country developed. People have money there, but things are like affordable. Right. And sit. So yeah, sold them real. <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. It's, so, it's, yeah. but you left in yeah. uh, December 2021. Yeah, yeah. I think three months before I did. Yeah. Um, and you went to Mexico. Yes. You. Wow. Have you trapped me? <laughs> no, we met. We met in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, now you're keeping tabs on my ass. Um, that's it. I no. have a little follow Emma tag. It's amazing that it still works. That's the Apple tag for you. You know the Apple tag for stalking. You know them. Yeah. They 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 work so well. Yeah, you just sewed it in my back the last time I saw you. <laughs> yeah. So I came back to the States briefly, um, saw my family since I was like, hey, y'all, it's been two and a half years, probably good to come say hi. Um, and then dipped to Mexico, and I just kind of was bumming it, to be honest. I was um, Mm. in a hostel on the West, I was just on the West Coast, like up in Jalisco, and then um, I ended up working in a hostel in Puerto Vallarta, or Puerto Vallarta, Puerto Escondido, so like Oaxaca State, and I, this is my first encounter with COVID, I literally died in my shitty hostel bed, but I was all free because of course, like I was working for them. So that's how I got by. Then I was like, you know, my mom and, and, uh, her wife's family, they, um, my cousin was graduating from St. Andrews. So we, they were like, we're going to Scotland. We're not paying for a flight, but if you want to come, feel free. So I said, all right, cool. So I flew back and within a couple of days, I like, decided I'm just going to live until I find a job in Europe. <laughs> and so, I, um, yeah, so then I was in Scotland, um, saw you, I was in London and Scotland, and then 
Thank God. I don't even know, actually. I was all over. I think I went to see Marissa in Ireland, and then I lived with Maddie for months, felt like, in wow. Berlin, and then was in Paris on and off events for some reason. I don't know why, now looking back on that. But anyway, I ended up getting a job, and I ended up um, staying in London. And so, um, and that's where I've been up until this last week. Super cool. Yeah, man, that sounds sick, to be fair. Like, um, when you were in Europe, it was mad. Because it's like, that's the first time I'd seen somebody from Korea outside of Korea. It was really cool. And then, you know, obviously, like, I respect that as well. Just being like, I'm going to be in Europe, and I'm going to stay until I get a job. That's like, it's a good mentality, because then at some point, you have to go, don't you? And then you're there, and then you live in Europe. You find, when there's a will, there's a way. Right. That's a huge thing. Job applications in Mexico, and then it all came to a conclusion in Berlin. So, I mean, it took a, a while, but Berlin's like, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, Berlin's um, incredible. Yeah. I've got to say, like, next time I go traveling around Europe, I enjoy traveling alone. Don't, there's massive advantages, but I spent a month last year of my twelve months traveling alone, and yeah. it was incredible. I loved it. I've done with that for a while. I'm yeah, yeah. done with that now. I've had the fun of no compromise, but there is compromise when you're alone because you see like a, a bar and you think, that looks really cool. Right. I don't ever want to go in there on my own. Right. You know what I mean? The stuff you do on your own, the stuff I don't want to do on my own, you know? Yeah. There's certain like restaurants that I don't think I'd go in on my own. Certain ones. Right. You know? Right. So, so like, again, it's like, I'm, I'm, I, I Berlin, there were places, uh, that I really wanted to go out and do stuff in and I just didn't have to tell. Yeah. <laughs> This is Vietnam, mate. This is beautiful Vietnam. Welcome to Vietnam. But, um, yeah. But honestly, Berlin, the architecture was incredible as well. Um, it was funny actually. I had, uh, I met some, when I was in the hostel in, in, uh, Berlin, I had an interview for a job the next day. And, um, it was, it was, it was devastating in a way because like, um, I did the, I was like, oh, I've got to prepare for an interview. And then the, all of a sudden the guy walk into the hostel room and there's three, uh, Swedish guys and they're just fucking on it. And like, I loved it. They were a great laugh. And then uh, they were like, do you mind if we just, cause obviously for four, only four bedrooms. So it was like, let's just meet three of us. They were all mates. And then they were like, oh, and they just started like giving me vodka and stuff. And then they were like, come out, come out, come out. And I, was like, I really want to, you know, but I've got this interview. I really need to get a job. The money's going down too quick. And then, um, and then they were like, and then they gave me this, um, it's illegal in most parts of Europe. It's like, uh, tobacco, but like chewing gum and you put it like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I've never done anything like that in my life. Well, that, well, that sounds good. That's an exaggeration, but it, it did fuck me up. It was pretty mad. The second one, they were like, right, try this, but put it in your mouth for literally three seconds and take it out because this will hit you. And I actually, the, one of the lads was like, the first time I did that, I threw up. And I actually felt grim for like an hour. Um, it was horrible. Like, it was horrible. But yeah, funny though. But that's the thing about uh, traveling alone yeah. uh, and staying in hostels is Love you do it. get to meet a lot of people. Uh, and so that, again, I'm not saying people shouldn't travel alone because it's, it's so fun. And, um, you know, and sometimes you do meet people in hostels and then you do get to go to those cool places. It's not, I'm not saying you never get to, you know, I had, um, but I had a place in Milan, similar thing, you know, like, uh, I met some guys, I was about to go to bed and I met some guys from Preston, which is like next to Blackpool. 
And I'm literally, for one second, I've just brushed my teeth and I'm about to go to bed. I'm literally in my gym jams. The next second, like an hour later, I'm in a club in Milan. You know, like that's, but that's, that's. That's yes. energy you need in your life. Well, that's fun. But the thing is, you've got to just be ready. Just right. be spontaneous about it. As long as you're smart and spontaneous person, you'll meet people and you can do stuff. Right. Sorry? No, I was going to say, this is like me just last week, like, um, a friend of mine literally knew Jason. I was like, I'm so tired. And they were like, we'll come out because we have like a, a reserved area in this club. And I was like, I'm so tired. I'd literally come in. I'd put my pajamas on. I was like, I'm going to have, I finally, because I've been out so many nights. I was like, I'm going to finally get some rest. Right. And my mm. friend, who's I'm staying with, she was like, what are you doing? get up yeah. and I was like no please and anyway I ended up going and I didn't even leave the flat till like 1 30 went and then he crashed a private Russian party after this bar and I was like oh, like not like what are the odds that I ended up here and I could have been so like I'm glad I went because the story is just so much you can't make is, it yeah the thing is as well I, I think you're similar to me maybe which is Doing things gives me more energy usually. It's not like me sitting at home and doing nothing. I just get more sleepy. Like I just, like the second you do stuff all the time and you're having fun, if it's fun stuff, you just get more energy. It's like, you know, you go for a run, you usually feel after you've calmed down, you have to, I have more energy after a run, not less energy. You know, right. it's like similar principle, I think, like, you know, so yeah, absolute respect. You know, yeah. you can say there's, there'll be plenty of time in your life to get in your gym jams and relax. You know oh. what I mean? Most of your yeah. life, most of our, you know, at some point we're going to be 80, you know, right. hopefully. Don't right. forget that. And then, my knees are going to give out in the next, like, 10 to 15 years. So I really have a good time. I really do. <laughs> but, yeah. But I also just think, yeah, definitely traveling solo is important at some point too, because it just pushes you in ways that you, like, don't. You don't have, you have to work harder in some ways, but also less, um, mm. like a group of friends. And I think I went real quick on not to travel with more than honestly one or two other people, like in general, just because the dynamic gets weird. Then like you meet loads of other people and it's not people. It just it doesn't work as well, you know, whereas if one or two of you go and then you mesh with these other individuals, like it just it seems to work better. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree completely. Like, you just want, you want to, I, I, I would like, it's difficult because I, um, I would like to go one other person next time I go yeah. around Europe. I'd like to do Europe, another Europe trip. Probably, probably realistically, like, late this year, maybe early next yeah. year, depending. But maybe. But um, it's funny because I think about that, I mean, I'm like, who with? And then yeah. I have no idea. Because it's like, because everybody I know is like getting married or having kids or they've got a girlfriend. So like, how are they going to say to the girlfriend or boyfriend, like, I'm going to go on a trip with my friend for a month instead of you. Like, do you know what I mean? That's what that says. You know what I mean? None of them are going to do that. And that's fair enough. Like, I'm not saying they should. But uh, it just, <laughs> it just leaves me in an awkward spot. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Or, I invite, or I try and invite a couple, but then I'm third wheel, so no, yeah, just, yeah. you know, like, it's, um, it's one of those, but it's all good fun, and, yeah. you know, but, yeah, I think, yeah, there's pros and cons, but, yeah, definitely, you know, if, especially if, if you're, if you like to travel, 
but you're intimidated by traveling alone, that's even more reason to do it, in my opinion, because once you do it, it opens so many doors, like mentally, because yeah. all of a sudden you will realize it's actually fine. And then you realize anything I want to do, I can do without, mm-hmm. I don't need, you know, it's like in life, you shouldn't, if you want to see a movie in the cinema, go see it. Don't, you don't have to wait for it. It's, if you want, if you, you can prefer going with people, right. but I think it's important for me to be able to say, I can go, you know, like. Emma's been a legend today. She has taught us many things about how to be a G on the international scale. Any last words, Emma? Mate, we, we, we discussed a lot. I was actually just thinking, we've dotted about a lot, but yeah. <laughs> trust me, the, the, the podcast they're about to listen to will be about your travels, and I think there'll be nothing but good stories to listen to. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, thank you so much for going on. I, I definitely want you back on at some point, because, uh, you know, I think, like I said before, I mean, in terms of, like, traveling stuff, I just I just know that you're about it, and, you know, this is obviously... I wanna, I wanna have like-minded people on. So yeah, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, and see you. Speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye.